Mark's life of service to the country began on the plane at West Point at the age of 17. He decided to run for office during the 25th class reunion of the U.S. Military Academy in West Point. Is there any drinking that went on if you decided to do that at the class reunion? No, that's probably what would have convinced me. Seeing the words on the statue of General Douglas, Douglas MacArthur, MacArthur, sorry, a K.A. by the way, duty, honor, country, Mark realized that he had a duty to fulfill. For six years, Mark served in the state senate, repealing the Hall income tax, <laughs> creating the teacher's bill of rights, and passing more pro-veteran legislation than any other state senator in the state's history. In Congress, good, great work. Gotta, gotta support our veterans. It's like good grief. We give everything away to everybody else that comes, but we won't take care of the folks that go fight for us. It's an amazing thing. In Congress, he has introduced legislation to protect gold star spouses and help students pay off loans, uh, to save rural hospitals, and introducing the free market health care and to help our K-2 veterans uh, Green resides on his farm in Clarksville with his wife Camilla, and they are proud parents of two grown children. If you will, I'm, let's not give some kind of half-assed welcome here now. We give a good welcome to Congressman Mark Green. Incredibly kind. I deeply appreciate that. Thank you for uh, thanks for being being patriots. Um, I really appreciate the people that are in this room and and what it means to be in this room tonight. Let's give a shout out though to Bold Patriot for hosting this, having us here tonight. Great beer. I've attended here, and they've all been incredibly well supported by the host. So, um, really appreciate those guys. You know, we are, and there are several state legislators in the room. I, I see them dotting the room. State legislators, general assembly members, if you could raise your hands. I, I know some of you got in here, and, and Dennis and others that are in the room. I, I heard Clay Doggett was somewhere. Anyway, thank you so much for your service. In Nashville. God, I wish Washington, D.C. was like Nashville. But it is a mess. I mean, look, take, take just the inflation in our country right now. I mean, it is so bad. Well, I'll tell you. Inflation is so bad. CEOs are playing miniature golf now. That's, that's, in fact, in fact, inflation is so bad, Exxon Mobil had to lay off 25 congressmen the other day. It's gotten that bad. In fact, I, I, I was taking my car in, uh, you know, I caught, you know, going to sell my used car, and I called Kelly Blue Book, and I said, uh, hey guys, how much is my car worth? And they said, was the gas tank full or is it empty? And I, I mean, it's, it's bad. And we all know why it's bad, right? Inflation. We well, let's go, Brandon. That's exactly right. Joe Biden. I, I will tell you this. You know, we worry a lot about what, what's coming out of the administration. The one thing you don't have to worry about is Joe Biden getting your guns. You know why? 
All you gotta do is put them on the second floor. The guy can't get up a set of stairs. I mean, that'll take care of it. Well, like I said, it's great to be with y'all tonight. And I, I, I get the unbelievable privilege of being the congressman for the 7th District of Tennessee. And I, I took uh, the seat when Marsha moved over to the U.S. Senate. I ran unopposed, unbelievably, uh, in an open seat and won that seat. And I've been in this seat now two terms. And uh, I am a member of the Freedom Caucus. I don't know if you know, heard of a guy named Jim Jordan or Mark Meadows. Jim is uh, kind of a mentor to me. I love that guy. In fact, my dad, uh, my dad just thinks the world, my dad and mom think the world of Jim, and I, I, I got his book. I don't know if you've seen, just do what you said you were going to do. That's the title of Jim Jordan's book, right? And I, I took it, man, you got to sign this for my dad. And of course, my dad's calling his office all the time. He said, I think we heard from your dad the other day. I'm like, man, he loves you, okay? Um, well, we, we, have uh, an incredible challenge in front of us. Um, the, the Democrats have, have strategically worked in lockstep to advance their progressive agenda. Even Democrats who disagree with it and who whisper to me, I wish this weren't the case, I wish this worth the bill, this is a stupid bill, they turn around and vote for it. 100% of the time. And a little bit of the credit for the debacle in Washington goes to Republicans who have failed to lead and, and failed to create a strategy and failed to work together. I mean, that's been a huge part of our problem in Washington. And look what it's left us. Inflation, I mean, they're saying the average cost of loss of purchasing power to Tennesseans is about $5,500 a year. And if you multiply that times 83 million, and that's per family, 83.7 million families in America, that works out to be close to half a trillion dollars in lost purchasing power. Now think about half a trillion dollars that has to be spent on the basics now that can't be spent on other things in the economy. Think about interest rates going up to fight that that are putting downward pressure on the growth in the economy. Think about Joe Biden, more regulation in the first year of his presidency than any president in the nation's history. All the money they're dumping into the economy, whether it's the 1.9 trillion or this most recent IRA deceptive lie of a name for a bill that's really the Green New Deal, right? Another almost trillion dollars. Now think of inflation this way. There are two sides to inflation. There's the demand side, if you dump cash into the market or into the economy, you got more money chasing a fixed amount of goods, right? That's going to create an increase in price for those goods. So that's called the demand side of inflation. And you fight demand side inflation by increasing the interest rate, things like that, taking money out. Well, what they just do? Put more money in. And then there's the supply side, right? The, the things that create goods in America. So if you increase the amount of goods available to the consumer relative to a fixed amount of money, then prices go down. 
right? Makes sense to all of us because we get it. What's the president done? Well, they've continued, the Democrats have continued to pump trillions, I mean, tr literally trillions of dollars into the system. Uh, the Fed's trying to come in and lower the rates a little bit, or increase, increase the rates, which helps, but it also stifles growth, right? Because businesses that want to borrow and create more supply can't do it because they can't afford to borrow the loan, the money. We already had a supply crisis that had decreased the amount of supplies. That increases inflation. We have a president who created regulations more than any president in the history of the country. That increases the cost of making stuff, so it lowers the amount of supplies. Things that are made in America. And oh, by the way, their assault on oil and gas. And when I say assault on oil and gas, I mean a war against fossil fuels in this country. And they recently did a little, uh, you know, um, sneak and peek with old, uh, or a little snake move with old Manchin. Yeah, we'll do some oil leases. And, oh, we're not going to do those now. Right? So they're denying leases. They're denying the production. They're increasing the cost. They're going after the banks that are loaning to the oil and gas companies. They're basically destroying the energy sector in America. And as you raise the price of diesel fuel that the farmer has to put in his tractor to plow the field, to get the grain, to feed the milk cows, don't be surprised when your milk goes up. And when the number of gallons of milk that get produced go down. So another pressure, downward pressure on the supply. So they're pushing down the supply of goods, the production of goods in America. They're increasing the money in they're only making inflation worse. So don't expect it to get better, okay? And then there's the border, which is a travesty. It is a human rights tragedy. As women, 32% of the women and children who come across Central America are sexually assaulted. That information came from Doctors Without Borders, not known to be a conservative organization. 3.3 million people will come across the border this fiscal year. There are 21 states in the United States whose populations are less than 3.3 million. Meaning that an average sized state is being allowed into our country every year. It's unsustainable. 8,000 pounds of fentanyl seized at the southern border so far this year. 50% increase in fentanyl deaths in Tennessee alone. The liberals are okay killing Americans because they think those people will come here and have children and they'll vote Democrat. This is about their power and they don't care who gets hurt in the process. And we know it's the truth because when the Cuban crisis happened in last July, remember that? Alejandro Mayorkas who, by the way, needs to be impeached. Um, Alejandro Mayorkas said not a single Cuban will step foot on American soil. And why did he say that? They vote Republican. They vote Republican. The Cubans vote Republican. So hey, we can't let any of those. Hey, you know, Central America, come on. So it's very clearly about their power and not about the American people. And the debacle overseas. 
As an American soldier who served in combat twice in Iraq and once in Afghanistan. Thank you for your service. Thank you. Code of Conduct says I will never leave a fallen comrade. It is in the DNA of Americans to never leave an American behind lines. But Joe Biden left thousands of Americans behind the lines in Afghanistan when he... We're not arguing about whether or not we should have withdrawn. How he withdrew was a debacle that showed weakness and let me tell you, Vladimir Putin made the decision to invade Ukraine on the day America withdrew from uh, Afghanistan. Weakness is provocative. It's like slapping the bully in the face. You own it, Joe Biden. You own it. And the tens of thousands of people who have died in Ukraine to the crazy man Vladimir Putin are all on Joe Biden's hands. The generals, many of whom I knew, I mean, the vice chairman of the army was my West Point classmate. He said, Mark, we told him we have to hold Bagram. And we told him we need 3,000 troops for the exfil. But Joe Biden said, no, go to 600. Sir, we can't hold Bagram. Go to 600. That's a lawful order. So the generals saluted and they executed their mission, and 13 Americans died in Kabul defending a defense, indefensible base. The blood of their hands, the blood of the blood of those soldiers, on Joe Biden's hands. And just recently, we heard of the brother of one of those 13 who couldn't handle it. He committed suicide because of the loss of his brother. Another piece of this tragedy. Joe Biden is a failed president. The problem is that he's supported by a Democrat party that works in lockstep. And it, it's interesting to see these guys, whether it's House Resolution 1 to federalize the election system or Supreme Court, you know, stuffing the Supreme Court, stacking the Supreme Court, um, D.C. statehood. Every single thing they do is about their power and about concentrating power in Washington, D.C. And our founders were brilliant. They said, hey, monarchies, when you concentrate power into the hands of fewer people, you get tyranny. So let's spread power out. Let's create three separate but equal branches of government. And oh, by the way, how about we even divide power further from federal government and state government and local government and by spreading power, we get freedom and government of the people, by the people, for the people. Every single thing that the Democrats are doing is to concentrate power into Washington, D.C. and the Republicans have allowed it to happen. Over decades now, over decades, power has been concentrated in Washington, D.C. Look at the Department of Education. There's no constitutional authority for the federal government to tell us how to teach our children. Yes, they do. And here's how they do it. They tax the money up, and they say, oh, you want some of this money back? Well, you need to do education exactly the way we tell you. And it's an end around the federalism. And because of that end around the federalism, power's been concentrated in Washington. And why now is, what is the biggest fight in this country? It's not for me to get elected. 
The biggest fight in this country is to get a Supreme Court justice on Right? Because that seems to be the ultimate authority now. And thank God for Donald Trump and three constitutionally conservative justices who gave us four incredible rulings this year. You can pray on a football field. You don't have to explain why you need a gun. States get to decide what happens with abortion. And the EPA can't just make rules whenever the heck they want to. That responsibility constitutionally belongs with the Congress. And because the Congress has bailed on its duty and handed all that off to the executive branch, they thought for decades they could get away with it. Well, you know what the, the, the Supreme Court said? No. What a beautiful thing. Well, we're in a war. We're in a war. And, and I, I say that proverbially. Because the liberals will go out there and say Green's an insurrectionist and, you know, let's arrest him and put him in. But we're in a battle for the future of this great country. And we just went through our primary season. Okay? Tough. I, I get it. I bet there are people in this room who disagreed on certain candidates. But it's over now. We're one team. There is no Democrat because of the fact that they strategically vote in lockstep, there is no Democrat better than any Republican. Now we got some Republicans, we'll work on that in the primaries, but now that the primaries are over, we're one team and let's go and kick their ass in November, take our country back, and make this the greatest country again. Right. God bless all of you guys. I appreciate you. Got to catch a plane. Thank you. All right. Let's give it one, one more time for Mark. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right, guys. Well, that'll be better than anything I'll tell you this weekend. I'll tell you that. Guys. We're here, we're all assembled. I want you all to continue yammering with one another about politics, talking, meeting one another. This is very informal. I just wanted, sometimes you have a conference and you don't get a chance to hang out. I wanted this to be our chance to hang out.